Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Anybody got any fun Christmas traditions they do? Anybody got any fun Christmas traditions? This, oh, I should probably also just remind you uh, that we do full contact sermons here. So that means you got to talk back or the sermon takes forever. Everybody got it? Everybody in? All right, good. Uh, fun uh, family Christmas traditions. What you got? I see no hands. Oh, here we go. Yes, what you got? You go to the mountains to get your Christmas tree. That's so awesome. I knew Jack was like, oh. But you're the one that cuts down, don't you? Swing that out. Awesome. Now, do the neighbors get upset when you take their trees down? No? Okay. It's not that kind of thing. The state parks, are they okay with that? Have you got that? Okay, good, good. What else you got? Anybody else got fun Christmas traditions? Come on. I know you guys got some. What you got, Mark? What's your address? <laughs> just, just wondering. Four layer chocolate cake. Just, just hit me with that address before you leave. You know what I And a time. Time to be there. What else you got? What you got over here? Did you raise your hand? Everybody's like, no, I don't even want to touch my face at this moment. Yes, what you got? We have a big family dinner. Big family dinner. A huge family dinner. Lots of food. Okay. I heard from one of, our, uh, one of our church members that they have like a, like a legitimate Norwegian meal. And that includes um, boiled potatoes and boiled fish. I don't think I'm going to Norway. Anybody sing songs in their, in their house? Anybody sing songs? Anybody do a little Christmas? Anybody got the Christmas music on? Who are my people that have had Christmas music on since November? Raise your hands. You know who you are. Own it. Own it. I love it. I love it. Uh, what about Christmas cookies? Anybody making Christmas cookies? Okay, my address is uh, Camelot Drive in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's your delivery point. And we'll be getting anybody write letters to Santa. Anybody write letters in their, in their front? I see some hands going up. Yeah, that's really, really, that's really, really fun. What about anybody have like a Christmas movie that's like their jam? Christmas Story, yes. Anybody watch? Like TBS used to show it like all day long, right? Are they still doing that? Or they put it on all day? We just, we leave it on, put it on mute and just like watch it the whole day. Uh, but my, my favorite Christmas movie of all time, you know what it is? Die Hard. Die Hard. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let me just, uh, let me just give a quick disclaimer. Let me just give a quick disclaimer. Because as I'm going to launch into this sermon, I think a lot of times that we forget about a couple of things. Uh, one, this is sometimes a really, really difficult time of year for people. And so I want to be mindful of that. I want to be mindful of the people that are especially thinking about those that they've lost. Maybe they've lost them to death or they've lost them in their life. And they're struggling right now a little bit with what used to be, the way things used to be. I want to acknowledge that this is a, a tough time. I also want to acknowledge that there's a lot, of, um, a lot of women who've never had the ability to carry their child. Maybe they lost children. And so when we talk about, especially when we talk about the Virgin Mary and this beautiful thing that we're thinking about having a baby, I just want to be very clear that we're also well aware that this is a hurtful time for people. And some of that language can be hurtful for people as well. Everybody okay with that disclaimer? Everybody say amen. 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 Anybody go to the live nativities? 
Anybody go to the live nativities? I've seen some of those, and they're, they're, they're really, really, they're really neat. They're, they're really cool ones out there. They're so beautiful. Some of them even have, like, the little, the little snow machines going. Have you ever seen one of those? Anybody ever been to a live nativity? Ever driven through one of the churches that's, like, doing this? Anybody, anybody go to the ones that, at the very end, they have, like, a little bit of, like, hellfire and brimstone? And they're like, hey, if you didn't think this was pretty... <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're in some serious trouble. They got the beautiful music going. They somehow like uh, gave the, the, the animals a bunch of Benadryl or something because they're just chill, you know? They're like just peaceful animals just hanging out. You got sweet Mary and Joseph. It's so beautiful. And if you look really close, just out of your car, you can see the little baby. And everybody wonders if it's like a real live baby out in the cold or if it's like a little baby that, like a, a, one of those Robotron things they used to have at Showbiz Pizza. No? No, okay, this is me. You see the cute little baby, it's so cute, and the sweet little thing, and I just love it. You know what I want to see? I want to see a real live nativity. I want to see a for real live nativity. Now, I'm not talking about like going back in time. I'm talking about one set in reality that is exactly the way it would be. Think about this. First off, let's talk about the trip to Bethlehem, all right? Joseph and Mary traveling on this trip. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever traveled with a pregnant woman? I can see it right now, sir. Joseph, my circulation, my circulation's getting funky. My feet are starting to swell, Joseph. Joseph, we better get there pretty soon. <laughs> then he get into town. She's like, he's like, Joseph, where are we staying? Joseph's like, oh no. <laughs> you didn't make a reservation? With all the abilities we have today, you could have sent somebody ahead to get a reservation. We don't have a reservation. We're late because you had to pack up all the stuff you wanted to take on this trip. And now here I am sitting on a donkey, feet all swole, and we got nowhere to be inside. And you better have snacks, Joseph. You better have snacks. If you know anything about traveling with a pregnant woman, you better have snacks. But pickle-flavored ice cream and donuts. I can't say that I have any experience with that. Oh, and the inn. Let's talk about the inn for just a second. The inn says uh, like there, there were like stables. Sure, there were like stables that, that were behind places, and absolutely. But animals, a lot of times in this particular time period, were actually kept inside the house. Think about it. You couldn't, a lot of people didn't own two structures, but they could have one floor above where the family would sleep, and at night they could bring the animals in. One, sometimes because of weather, sometimes just because of safety, right? You didn't want anybody to steal your stuff, right? So you would bring them inside the house. So I'm going to do a little bit of logic here. If this group that they came to and said, hey, is there any room here? And they said, no, there's no room in the inn. That their business, the inn keepers, was selling rooms. Probably not necessarily farm animals. They're likely these personal animals that they're going to be around. And probably also not on a farm. They're probably in their house on the first floor. So when Mary and Joseph came to the inn and they said, oh, we don't have any rooms but you can stay in our house on the first floor with all the animals, if you want. That's the stable we have. Now think about this for a second. This is not necessarily the way it plays out. I'm just talking about if we're gonna be real about it, this is probably really close to what it had been like, which meant that it was kind of like having all of these people all of a sudden in your family room along with your donkeys and your goats, which means that everybody, including your children, were there for everything. Not some private animal stall where you're giving birth and it's beautiful and there's hay and there's no animals in there. You're talking about like cow tail in the face, right? While you're trying to deliver this baby, like they're in the family room with everybody. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. 
what's going on down there? Hush, baby. Hush, baby. It's just nature. Don't you worry about it. It's just nature. <laughs> hey, mom, let's go to the animals. Never seen any kind of animals be actually quiet and chill. Has anybody ever seen that except for the live nativities that you drive through? I mean, when are animals quiet and chill? Have you ever been around cattle? They're not real chill when you get close to them, right? Have you been around donkeys and camels and all these other kind of things all at the same time packaged into one tight space while a woman's giving birth? I can't imagine them being chill. You got goats jumping on you while you're trying to deliver a baby, eating on your clothes, pulling it. Can you chill out? I'm trying to deliver the Son of God. <laughs> Feathers flying all over the place. And oh, nothing is germ-free. Nothing is germ-free. It's mayhem. There's no clean towels. There's no fresh water. There's no pain meds. So let me tell you, it probably wasn't quiet. Not to mention... There's a bounty on this baby's head already, so Joe's probably going to be freaking out a little bit through this whole process. No sleep, no comfort, very little hospitality, very little hope and excitement. And that's what I think a live nativity should really look like. Amen? I might pay for that. Things were likely pretty messy at the birth of Jesus. They probably were. But there's something beautiful in that mess. In the midst of all of that chaos, of all of that mayhem, Jesus still comes. The Son of God is still born. Amen? Now, I could stop right there, but you wouldn't get your money's worth, so let's keep going. Let's look at some scripture. Y'all ready? Everybody pull out your Bibles, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or your phones or your iPads or whatever you look at scripture on to Luke 1, chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We'll actually have it up on the screen for you as well. I think Ashley's got it ready for us. So we're going to read through 39 through 55. I'll give you just a second if you'd like to take notes on your, uh, on your phones or whatever you want to get that out. At that time, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town. We're going to go back in time just a little bit to the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, remember that, in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. Everybody say, yeah. I mean, this is a cool moment, right? They just come together and all of a sudden you got babies leaping in wombs and doing all kinds of flip-flops and hanging out like Tarzan in there. And then Mary said this, and this is, oh, this is so amazing. I really do get this fired up about Scripture when I read it too. I don't want you all to think this just happens on Sunday mornings, all right? I read it and I get fired up. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant." From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. His holy name. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with His arm. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but He's lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He's helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as He promised our ancestors. Beautiful words. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. But, I'm going to have to take this sweater off. 
Just, just talk amongst yourselves for a second about Tootsie Rolls. Candy or fudge? <laughs> Y'all are laughing at my jokes this morning. Let's go back just a little bit further. Helps us to have a little bit of backstory. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they had been praying for kids, right? So this is the Elizabeth that we just read about. Everybody good? Say I'm good. So they had been praying and praying and praying for kids. And they never came and they got super old. And they were at the point in their lives where they were too old to have children. And an angel comes to Zech. I can call him that because we're tight. Zechariah. I'm going to call him Zech. <laughs> They're not laughing at my jokes at all, Trent. Angel says, you're going to have a child. Now, remember, this dude was old. Like, too old to have children. Okay? He says, you're going to have a child. Anybody experiencing God's timing right now uh, that doesn't quite line up with your own, say, yeah? Mm. I feel like it's pretty much reality for most of us all the time. All of us. See, we want things to happen in our timing when everything's calm and easy. Bring on the struggles. I got plenty of money. I got a great job. Bring on the struggles, Lord. Bring on the difficulty when I'm feeling great in my faith, Lord. That's fine. I can handle it then. We want life to happen smoothly, not bumpy and out of order. But things don't always quite happen like we want them to. So the angel says, Zach, <laughs> that's how I can call him Zach because we're tight. Zach, you're having a baby. And Zach says, <laughs> right. How do I know this is real? All right, side note number two. I think the angel Gabriel was like a 13-year-old emo teenager angel. He must have been, right? Because I can kind of see it now. Like he walks into the room, right? He walks into the room. There's Zechariah. And he's like, hey, uh, Zechariah, you're going to have a baby. And Zechariah is like, um, <laughs> what? And the angel Gabriel's like, how do you know this is for real? I'm Gabriel. That's what he says literally in the scripture. I'm Gabriel. That should be enough. That should be enough for you. He feels like this emo teenager. Here's how I think the conversation went. I'm Gabriel. Should it be enough for you? And Zechariah loses his voice. Now remember the beautiful words that those women spoke in our scripture? Do you remember? See, Zechariah lost his tongue. He was, he didn't lose his tongue, but he lost his voice. He lost his ability to use it. But these women did not. They aren't mute. And their short speeches show us a couple of things. One, Elizabeth had two problems. Elizabeth had two problems. One, she was old. Everybody say, ah. Oh. And she was a woman. Everybody say, oh. That's a recipe for silence at this particular time. You're old and you're a woman. You're not to speak. Your voice is not to be important. But there are two reasons for her voice to not be recorded for the rest of creation to read about. But we learn that the gospel and its power isn't for the strong or the powerful. It's going to consistently come from the outsiders. This old woman speaks the gospel right in the presence of the Savior. The gospel is going to come from those who we're not expecting to hear it from. Two, Jesus is born of a servant as a servant. Mary comes forward as a servant. And what a joy it is to be able to serve the Lord. See, here's what happened. Zechariah, Zech, <laughs> my boy, he doubted the work of the Lord and his voice was taken away. These women proclaimed the gospel and their voices were written down forever. Think about that. Zechariah was the one that had the power. He was a man. He was of great wisdom. 
He was the one that went to set things up in the temple. He was known. But he doubted the work of the Lord. And he lost his voice. These two women, one very old, one completely inexperienced in the ways of the world, probably. And their voices are written down forever. You guys big fans of Christmas morning? Anybody say yeah? So much fun. I remember going downstairs as a, as a, as a little kid on Christmas morning, and, and inevitably everybody was asleep. And I wasn't trying to wake them up because I had to go down and shake all the presents to figure out what they were, right? I was a little investigator. And I would look to see if like a present had gotten laid down just a little bit funny and caught a little bit of the paper. And I'd be like looking to see if there was a little, if it just a little tear. I didn't do it. It was already like that. I could just pull that little flap back just a little bit to see what kind of little presents there might be up under the tree. Oh, love Christmas morning. Such a beautiful thing. Knowing Santa that night before, knowing that every sound that I heard was probably Santa, right? Every little creak or crack, and, and you heard it, and you're laying in bed, every little something. Oh, that's got to be the reindeer. I wonder how many Santa brought tonight. Hope they're all there. <laughs> that hope, that anticipation, that's the same feeling that we ought to be feeling every time we hear the gospel. Every time we hear it come from a place that we're not quite expecting to hear it. Because Jesus has promised to come in fullness and it's going to change everything. We might be frustrated now. We might be hurting a little bit now. We might be in the midst of a lonely part of our life. But that hope, that anticipation will be rewarded. Because Jesus has promised to come. But see, God's timing is not our timing. And most importantly, our reality, listen to this, our reality is not our finality. Everybody say that. Our reality is not our finality. See, we know the gospel. We know the promise. We know the hope and anticipate what's yet to come. But this world is going to come at you with circumstance and pain and loss and guilt and sorrow. And it's never going to come at the right time. It's never going to come at the best time when you have plenty built up to deal with it. It's going to come when you're already down. And it's going to come hard. And that world's going to yell at you. We are your reality. This suffering is your reality. This loss, this what you don't have, you're not enough, is your reality. But see, we know hope. We've seen glimpses of it. We see it all the time in the gospel. And we can't unsee what God has done in our lives. And so we respond to that chaos. You might be my current reality, but you are not my finality. Because we know the promise of what is to come. Somebody say amen. And the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. Loves us, even at our worst. And this story, it was beautiful and messy and cold and probably smelly and frustrating, but Jesus still comes. In the midst of that loss, Jesus still comes. In the midst of your feeling like you have no direction, Jesus still comes. When you face the most frustrating trials of your life, you are not alone. Jesus still comes. And that's the way it is for all of us too in the messiness, frustrations, the division, the hurt, the chaos. In our story, Jesus still comes. That's the gospel and it's just getting started. Somebody say amen. I got one more second. I'm going to tell you another little story. My son Copeland, little guy, he, uh, he, he's uh, 
let's see, 21 months old. And um, gosh, he's a cool little fella. And he discovered something. He started walking around and he'd been doing things like saying, wah-wah, and mama, and dada, and baba, and stuff like that, right? That's how he kind of talked. And all of a sudden, this week, I kid you not, this week, he started going, it's like he discovered his tongue. He didn't know it was in there. He didn't know he could use it for words. And all of a sudden, he discovered his tongue. So like this, like, and his tongue's like whoosh, whoosh, flying all over the place whenever you look at him. It's really, really fun to see. Leader, 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 leader. And he discovered his tongue could be also used for words. It was like a whole new world had been opened to him. Word after word, he found his voice. And he's got story after story to tell us now. It was like something just clicked. The fullness of his voice was there the whole time. He just didn't know how to use it until he started trying. So today, brothers and sisters, this is a dumb metaphor, but I hope you hear it and I hope you get it. Find your tongue. Find your voice. The gospel comes from the places that you wouldn't think it would come from. And guess where that starts? With all of us in this place. Even if you don't feel like you're an insider. Maybe you know you're an outsider. One who's too quiet to speak. I could never share the gospel with anybody. One who doesn't have the words. I don't know enough. One who shouldn't be speaking. Oh, they'll never listen to me. One who isn't maybe even quite sure about all this. We've all been there. Start speaking the word as it comes out. Let God take hold of you in your reality and speak into it what you know about finality. The reality of this world doesn't win because Jesus still comes. Jesus still comes. Jesus still comes. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, we know that you meet us in that chaos. And thank God Thank you. Thank you for meeting us in a place where we don't have enough. In the midst of those frustrating times when we don't know which direction that we're going, when we can't quite figure out why you won't show us where it is we're going to be. In that place, you still come. And you bring forth the gospel from a place we'd never, ever expected. From a messy family room filled with animals and hay and junk, you brought the Savior of the world. So why in the world would we not even believe that in our frustrations, our loss, our suffering, that you would bring something great as well? We've seen that promise. We've seen that glimpse of hope. God, give us hope and glimpses that we see now. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and you did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. Sing praises to the Lord, you faithful people. Praise his holy name. Sing praises to the Lord, you faithful people. Praise his holy name. And all of God's children say, that was helpful if so i ask you a couple of things one share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too and if you want to continue that impact beyond we ask that you go to christsouth.org to the online giving tab 
and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.